Blog Talk Radio. From the Cyber Station USA studios in Boston, Massachusetts, it's Music Friday, the end of the week program where you choose the bands we interview and we put them on the air for you to talk to. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. I'm in Los Angeles and I'm broadcasting every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Cyber Station USA network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. It's September 20th. 2013, and today we're going to be talking with two, not just one, but two very talented and very different artists. The always fabulous ADE, and sometimes known as Lisa Snyderman, and Australia's gift to the United States, the phenomenal root singer Jordy Lane, who's now in Los Angeles shooting a video, and we got a few minutes of his time a little later today, so make sure you don't miss that. But before we go any further, Before we go any further, people want to know how do they get to choose who they want us to interview. Well, it's easy. You just go to our website, musicfriday.nationbuilder.com. That's musicfriday.nationbuilder.com. And I'll tell you about the Nation Builder part in a minute. And you click on the Your Choice page. And up pops a form that lets you tell us who you want us who you want to hear on the show. And we count the votes for the bands and the top vote getter every week wins. Now, any kind of music is okay. Well, maybe not classical, but rock, hip hop, rap, country, pop, jazz, blues, world music, they're all good. So whatever kind of music you like, you can nominate a band, an artist to be on the show, and we will do our best to get them on the show for you. Now, of course, you know we're not going to get Beyonce or the Rolling Stones unless millions of you ask us, but we do bring in an awful lot of the of really good rising talent and also some, some hot hot bands like the ones we have today with, with uh, Jordy Lane and AD. So that's how you do it. You go to musicfriday.nationbuilder.com. You click on your choice. You fill out the form, and there we are. We'll, we'll do our best to get that uh, group on the, uh, the air for you to talk to. Now, somebody asked about Nation Builder. How come we're just not musicfriday.com? Nation Builder is a wonderful organization that's here in Los Angeles, and they are a platform that hosts dozens and dozens and dozens of both for-profit and non-profit uh, organizations' websites, and it links it, it allows you to link your website to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and everything, and, and to people talk to you, and it does all sorts of wonderful things. So that's why we have that .nationbuilder.com rather than just Music Friday dot nation builder now you can also follow us you know on twitter we're at music friday live on twitter that's at music friday live on twitter our facebook page of course uh is you know facebook music friday we're also on instagram and on tumblr so there's lots of different ways that you can uh, let us know who you want to have on the air and speaking of artists you choose one of the artists that you all turned me on to, that's Irene Diaz, and who's been on the show, is appearing next Tuesday at the Lyric Theater. She's going to open for uh, uh, Natalia Claviar, who's the vocalist for the Thievery Corporation. So for those of you who are in Southern California, 
This is an opportunity for you to see one of the artists that you turned me on to, Irene Diaz, and also to see the fabulous, the really wonderful Natalia Clavier. If you're not a fan of the Thievery Corporation, you should look them up because they do some wonderful music too. The, the Lyric Theater is in Los Angeles. It's on La Brea. The show starts early. It's at 7 p.m. So get your tickets online. Be down there early. Make sure you get a good seat. You're going to see two great female voices, and it should be an unforgettable show. And, of course, one of them you introduced us to. And while we're at it, don't miss next week's show. Don't miss next week's show, Salvatore Santana, who learned the guitar at his father's knee and then went on to build a unique reputation for himself, will be here on Music Friday next Friday at 11.05 a.m. in Pacific Time. Of course, that's 2.05 uh, PM in uh, the East Coast. He's going to be appearing in Southern California next month, also, and, and and also in November. But you can talk to him here next week. Well, we have to take a break right now, and when we come back, uh, we're going to we're going to welcome all of our affiliates in, and then we're going to have the fabulous Aide. So don't go away. You're listening to Fairness Radio's great program, Music Friday. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Whoops, we didn't have the microphone turned on. Hi, I'm, we're back. It's, I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, and I want to welcome all of our race, radio listeners on 1490 WWPR in Tampa Bay. And, of course, everybody thinks we're just an AM show, but we're not just an AM show. We also have FM stations, and one of my favorite is KSKQ-FM in Ashland, Oregon. Of course, Ashland, Oregon is a great town for Shakespeare, have one of the best Shakespeare festivals in the country. So hi to everybody in KSKQ-FM in Ashland. In Oregon. Don't forget you can join us by email at musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. You can also call us. We'd love to have you call us. 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. You can talk to me. You can talk to my wonderful producer, uh, Lars, and uh, we'll see to it that you get on the air and talk to our artist. And don't forget, check out the website, musicfriday.nationbuilder.com well and also got to remind you our great sponsor solar city and later on in the program we're going to give you um opportunity to write down a phone number which will allow you to talk to my friend tina at solar city and she can tell you how you can get solarized for free for no money down and how you can get a 250 dollars discount on your energy bill so have your pen and pencil ready because later on the show we're going to tell you all about that well Do you ever take the time just to sit back, put on your headphones, perhaps while you're laying in bed or out in the sun, and listen? Listen to an artist. Put everything else out of your mind and let an artist take you into another world, carry you on a musical adventure. Well, that's a luxury most of us fail to take advantage of, even though it's always there waiting for us any time. But children do it. They let themselves be swept away by music and stories. And, of course, as we all know, children are often much wiser than adults who rush around them. 
Well, Lisa Snyderman does that for both children and adults. She creates not just songs, but musical worlds of music and stories, ostensibly for children, but in reality, the music is so good and so sophisticated, and she is so talent, talented that adults get lost in it. Her latest album, her latest story, continues the adventure of her alter ego, A.D., where she explores the magical kingdom of Wonderhaven. And, well, since she's right here, let's let her tell the story and the story of the story. Lisa, welcome to Music Friday. Well, thank you, Patrick. It's an honor to be here. And what a wonderful introduction. That was great. Well, as Henry Kissinger used to say, it has the added advantage of being true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Lisa, Lisa, Uh, This album, What Dreams Are Made Of, and and all of your albums, are luscious, complex, stunningly beautiful works of both visual and musical art. Now, how did you evolve this unique style? Because there's nothing like it short of Broadway musicals. Thank you. Well, this is definitely um, an iterative process. It kind of, it started with the kind of music that I was doing. I, I called it quirky folk pop, although it's, you know... I think artists don't like to tend to put themselves in genres, but my music had a, tra- a childlike quality. So I had created a video called Fairy Tale Love for my last musical story, and this was pre um, Is Love a Fairy Tale, which was my first musical story of Aedi on a search for love in a magical kingdom. And the reason I tell you this backstory is we were putting on a release party and also releasing the music video. And I dressed up. I did a multimedia performance with live music and readings from my fairy tale book, as well as uh, releasing this video. And I dressed up as a princess. And so all of this was very appealing, as you say, to both kids and adults. And my producer had uh, kind of put the idea forth to say, why don't you make a children's album? And for me, I didn't really want to be changing what I did for kids. I wanted to... I could adapt, you know, story and and such like that for kids, but I didn't want to change what I did organically. So young adults seemed like the right audience to be reaching. And how did they react? Well, so far it's been a really interesting adventure. Um, The feedback has been really good both from adults and from, you know, tweens and teens. But, again, we're talking about the first musical story. So the origin of his love of fairy tale was because, you know, again, they saw this performance. My producer made this suggestion that I make a children's album, and I adapted music from the album I had just put out in April of twelve and realized that there was a thematic, you know, going on that was about love and relationships. So that's how I created his love of fairy tale. And I, I tell you that because that was the first story. And I got so excited by this process that we involved voiceovers and characters. And it was like, as you say, a musical that was taking the, you know, the uh, listener on an adventure and that I wanted to create another another musical story revolving around 80s adventures in Wonderhaven. And this time I'm centering on a theme that I think both teens and adults have strong associations with, which is dreams. Well, we all have them. And, and let's, let's just play a little bit of what dreams are made of so we can give our our audience an idea of what you're talking about. And incidentally, when she says AED, that is spelled A-O-E-D-E. So if you're going to search for uh, her on the web, it's A-O-E-D-E. But let, let's play a little bit here. Mm-hmm. 
dreams made of? Are they windows to glimpse our past or our future? Visions and pictures plucked from our mind's eye? Do dreams help us unlock our waking mysteries or stir the muse? And what of bad dreams? How can we be sure what is real, what is truly our own invention, and what it all means? It's the evening of December 26th, and crinkled sheets of wish paper, miniature flying astrobite ice cream vending machines, and chatty moving picture books are strewn about the rooms of the houses in the magical kingdom of Wonderhaven. Aedi, Wonderhaven's newest muse of song, has drifted off into the land of dreams. That gives us a, a, a taste of what you're about. You, you, you're, you start with a question there, and then you answer with words and music while you introduce your character, and then you take us off on a story, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, did, did that did that come to you all at once, or did you have did you put pieces of that together and see how it goes, and put more pieces of that together? So. For my process, I came up with the story in this case with the music both together. In the first one, as we were talking about, is Love of Fairy Tale. I had musical pieces that were mostly done in some, you know, in some cases, and wrote a script. But for this story, I wrote them kind of simultaneously. So I would write the story and write the ideas. I had ideas for dream chasers and dream catchers, and you know, all these things related to dream, dream boats. So anything that was sort of in that realm, I sort of had brainstorming, and then the ideas for songs would come to me related. And so the best way to describe it would be if you think of a character and maybe go back to Peter and the Wolf. Remember mm-hmm. those stories? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, for yeah. For me, I kind of had that in the back of my head because it's like I'm not saying I have a ringtone for every character or anything, but I definitely thought about what do these characters feel like? Are they bright and light? Are they dark and ominous? And so I wanted music and, and, you know, accompanying themes to reflect those characters. Well, when you thought of this, when this did come to you, when the the story and the music did come to you, did you have a particular audience in mind? Was it children or did it matter? It's just this is what you wanted to do and this is how it should sound. (laughs) That's a great question. And I think it's a little of both. I knew I wanted to, you know, still reach the young adults but this time because it's a darker theme i had actually thought it might be a little bit older so maybe is love a fairy tale has skewed younger as as young as six in some cases they may not have always the attention span to sit through a full story but the music is something you know that they can um, have affinity with this i feel like is more the harry potter hunger games twilight audience so i think it's a little bit you know 11 and up just to have that maturity to listen to stories. Um, so that's partly what I was thinking about, is I wanted to, you know, get this out there. But you're right. In some ways, you know, this could just as easily have been targeted to adults. Well, the, the music is very sophisticated. In fact, let, let's play a little bit more of it here. They call me Morpheus, messenger 
brother God's leader of the owner Roy. I bring dreams to kings, can mimic anything but playing human is my first choice. I bring dreams to mortal, but nothing too fantastic, for Morpheus's brand is those who dream, those who dream, oh, they see the promise for the same. Those who dream, those who dream, oh, they see the promise for the Now, that, that, since you mentioned uh, that's a little bit darker, I thought that we'd play a little bit of the darker. <laughs> that, that's a, um, um, a totally different feeling than, than we started with. So, we, as you move through here, you are introducing characters and moods, too. Um, do the kids and the adults get really kind of excited when a, a, a heavy a heavy uh, presence like that comes in? I hope so. This, remember, <laughs> this has not been released. It, oh, right, It will yes. be releasing September 24th, so you are oh. getting an early preview of what's oh. to come. So I, oh. I don't have that answer, and my hope is that, um, yes, you know, I actually, it's funny, I actually played this for some kids that I'm staying with in, uh, this weekend. And it's, you know, trying to get their reaction. One of them's 10 and one is 7. So that age, the girl who's 10 was definitely much more enthralled and asking questions about the different characters in the story. The boy, uh, I'm finding, is, you know, it's a little hard for his attention span, but he's trying to get into those goblins and other, you know, characters. Well, you know, us men always have a hard time with with attention span if there's not, you know, bikinis or something involved. Um, uh, we've got some emails. In fact, the email is coming in, and actually, uh, several of, of our emails do come in on that question. So let me just uh, read you one from Beto in Atlanta, and Beto wants to, wants to know: um, Patrick's right about adults. The music is good to listen to, but what is the age range for children? You, well, you, you don't know yet, do oh, you? Oh, yeah. I had just said, well, no, I I think the way I look at it is 11 and up. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it can't skew younger, but mm-hmm. I kind of think of it at that age being the middle school, being kind of that right crowd, the ones that mm-hmm. would be just old enough to, you know, still, uh, the main issue, I guess, and I won't call it an issue, but if you're thinking about themes, the younger kids have to kind of be firmly rooted in their thoughts about dreams and nightmares. You know what I mean? And the yeah, older okay. kids have already processed that part of it. So I'm not yeah. saying it's a frightening story, and you've heard it, and you can give me yeah. your opinions there. And it's not, think, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not a frightening story, but, you know, when there are things about nightmares or goblins, you just want to make sure that it, people understand it's fantasy. That's the other thing. It's magical. It's fantasy. It's imagination. That's kind of what I'm trying to do is... is help kids imagine. Well, in doing that, you've created something, uh, music especially, that's very sophisticated and very complex. You have a whole range of voices in this, a whole range of moods. It sounds like sometimes you've got an entire symphony behind you. Do you have a permanent group that you work with? Well, the groups are going to vary depending on who's right for the part. So what I'll do is I'll thank my producer, who I work with in L.A., He's responsible for pulling together the right people for for each project. So in this case, there's some continuation from his love of fairy tale. For example, the narrator, Kevin Pontier, has been narrating for the first musical story, and he you know did all the narration for this one. So it's kind of nice to have that consistency. 
you know, Aidy is the same character, but um, everybody else has sort of changed, and the musical accompaniment is different this time. So um, I have a wonderful, you know, cast of characters, as, as it will, in the musician side. Um, Peter Adams was on piano and keyboards, Danny Frankel, Tim Lefebvre, um, just to mention some, you know, wonderful session musicians that were all in L.A. and helped the project. Michael DeBar, who's a acclaimed actor, did the voice mm-hmm. of Phil Bader. Sure. And mm-hmm. a fun one uh, was, was uh, Luck, which is a guy from uh, Jesus Lizard, which is David <laughs> Yao. And I think it's a really funny thing to think that. For people who don't know, Jesus Lizard was kind of a very thrashy band way back in yeah. the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he does a wonderful luck, so he's, he, he's crazy enough, and he really, you know, carries that off nicely. So it's really Paul, about you know I, thinking who's right for these parts, and then trying to see if they'll be part of the cast. Uh, for our audience who hasn't heard this because they haven't had an opportunity yet because it's not out for four more days, uh, Luck is one of the characters. The producer is uh, Scrote. Scrote, yes. Scrote, Scrote, okay, and he, and Scrote is based in uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Uh, yes. and uh, um, the way you describe it, you you describe putting together a theatrical piece. Have you have you ever thought about uh, producing this as kind of a Broadway play? Love to. So these ideas about putting it out for theater and film are totally resonating with me. And, you know, the feedback I've received so far from adults is even, uh, I think I was on Big Blend Radio, and they said, it's theater for your ears, which Mm -hmm. is a great thing to say, a great quote. Mm -hmm. And and everybody has been giving that feedback to say, I can see this. You know, there's always a visual element. So I think it really would work well to adapt. Now it's a matter of finding, you know, the right collaboration to make something like that happen. It reminds me of um, of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Starlight Express, which has been running forever uh, in London. Uh, about 18 million people have seen it, and I think you could probably do something like that because this is uh, this has all of that uh, that 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 popularity. I can tell uh, built into it. Let, let's let's uh, listen to another piece from it. This one we're going to hear about the Dream Magician, and you'll notice and. Uh, uh, that I'm not giving away the story, okay? So that's why we're kind of jumping around here because I I don't want to give the story away. Wow, dreams are made here. Kind of takes the magic out. I prefer to think of us as dream magicians, putting the magic into your dreams. What seems to be your dreams? Ha, well, that's just it. My dreams or your dreams appear to be missing, and in their place is a never-ending nixmare playing in my mind over and over like a broken record. And what's more, I think my nixmare is somehow related to real occurrences happening in the town. So you see, I am in the wrong place, aren't I? I should be talking to Morpheus and Fobater and his bad seeds, as you called them. Well, first, before you write us all off here in Overland, or second-guess the dream gods, can you describe your nixmare?
even though there was a lot of character um, in in that, um, I, I love the music the way you 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 brought that in. Was that that's you singing there? Yes, and that particular one I have to I have to pause for a minute because the siren is also accompanied by Gita Navatni. She's kind of the voice of some of the sirens, but I think in the first one that's probably all mine. But the idea behind it is. That's you know when you're talking about what comes first. Mm-hmm. When I was working on piano, that melody came to me, and so that became my siren. You know, and and what I liked about it is a way to thematically put that in. You know, in different places in the story, so that it can keep coming back and maybe interpret different ways musically, but you still have the same theme. Have you ever uh, thought about, or, or is it possible for you to take some of the uh, the music uh, in this and uh, expand it into full songs and release it as singles, or put it on a soundtrack album, just as music? Yeah, we've talked about what else we can do with music. Definitely, ideas from making all instrumental tracks and stringing them together. But mm-hmm. I'm also planning on releasing two singles that are full songs. Because here's the I won't say issue, I'll just say you you kind of hit on the nail when you say soundtrack because these are not really standalone songs that are <laughs> licensable radio play songs. They're part of the story. Everything you're hearing is about <laughs> the, you know, the characters, characters <laughs> singing it, etc. So the ones that Aidy sang I can do that are most universal are going to be Into the Deep and the one you played, Life is But a Dream. So those two I'm planning on doing as singles and releasing. The other ones we're going to think about how, you know, I really want to see what the reception is. And then if there's a want for something like that, I'd love to reduce, uh, just release the music, too. Uh, Stephen in Seattle has a suggestion for you. Stephen says, um, I can see this as a touring group, or you can release the music and local community groups or local theaters can uh, do the acting. I can see this being spread across the country very quickly that way. I don't know if you ever thought about that or not. Yes, no, that's a great, it's a great idea. Actually, for his love of fairy tale, I've started to approach children's theaters in the Bay Area as a starting point. Um, I've found some children's theaters, like there's one in Oakland, California, that has used uh, award-winning you know, writers, for example, and adapted their books. So it makes me encouraged to do something like that. Um, they're already booked, of course, you know, for the season, et cetera, et cetera. But just to know they're open, because a lot of groups will do the same plays which everybody wants to go see and do. You know, it might be um, you basically your regular Broadway plays for kids. Mm-hmm. So when I find one that's willing to kind of push the envelope, I'm much more interested in approaching them. Uh, well, uh, Maison in San Rafael, right, right across the bay from you, wants to know where can we see you in the Bay Area? And I know you're going to be at the, a fair this weekend or next weekend, isn't it? Yes, uh, at the Cole Street Festival, we'll be playing acoustic on September 29th. Cole Street is in San Francisco. It's a fun little uh, community fair. We're also playing a farmer's market on August, or sorry, October 13th at Stonestown. What what I will say, though... Is Stonestown right is, is a large shopping center uh, in San Francisco. It's a large shopping center in San Francisco yeah. that has farmer's markets monthly. Um, we're, I'm not doing a huge release yet. I want to focus on uh, a much more of the, you know, the writing, the recording, and thinking about what's next for this progr- project. 
rather than doing a full release. And the other reason is to do something like that, to me, involves more people, right? To, in, to actually carry out something, you either have actors or you have full musicians, you know what I mean? This isn't an acoustic right. project. Right. So yes. it doesn't make sense for me to be pulling this off acoustically. Although we may, you know, do some things related to the release. I may go to a, a bookstore and, you know, do something like that and play some of the story and then play acoustically. But right now we're focusing also this Grammy time. So the exciting part is that this album has been um, will be considered for the 56th Grammy for Best Children's Album. So I'm also Yay. focusing on those efforts. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yay. Well, that would be fabulous. I think you'd have to come back to Los Angeles, of course, for the Grammy <laughs> Awards. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In fe- January this year, next year. That's right. And, and what nicer place to be in January than uh, Los hey, Angeles? Right? LA. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Lakshmi in New York City um, wants to know, have you visualized what the characters would look like? Oh, yes. So this is a great question. I have a book illustrator that has been doing the art for both albums, for his love of fairy tale and for what are dreams made of. And the exciting thing is I'm working right now on a website that will be probably finished within the month, maybe by a release day, by the 24th will be lovely. And what that is going to showcase is some of these characters. So the ones I will have, as an example, I'll have Luck, the house goblin. I have Aedi. I have Morpheus, Fantastos, and Phobator, which are the three dream god brothers. And I have the goblin king and Aislinn, the fairy. So if somebody's familiar with these characters, what's fun is you might you know, hear them and then you can go to the website and you're actually going to get a couple of treats that I'm not going to spoil I won't spoil it, but you'll be able to view these characters in a really neat way. So, um, yes, there are definitely visuals already for some of these. uh, And depending on, you know, budget, et cetera, hopefully I can try to get uh, the illustrator to work on more characters as time goes on. Well, Lisa, um, uh, our story here is ending, unfortunately. (laughs) We're just about out of time, so... Very quickly, when you do uh, come on, where can uh, people get your album? Okay. Well, right now I'm going to direct people to whatardreamsmadeof.com. And like I say, it's going to be launched soon. But whatardreamsmadeof.com is going to be your source for everything. It will give you the story, the team, music, info about me, and, and how to buy the album, which will be on iTunes. And, in fact, I can say – if you go to iTunes and go to What Are Dreams Made Of, and the search AEDE, A-O-E-D-E, What Are Dreams Made Of, it's already available for pre-order. So okay. you can do that even before the 24th if you want to get an advanced copy. And then once it's ready, iTunes will be sending that. Okay. Well, well I say it will make it available digitally. <laughs> yeah. I want to urge everyone to do that, and I want to thank you so much for being with us uh, today, uh, Lisa. This has been uh, charming fascinating fabulous and i'm looking forward so much to the uh the final release and we'll have you back on too you know when your when your name is up in lights and broadway we will definitely have you back on okay wonderful well thank you for having me thank you we have to take a break right now and uh, when we come back more music don't go away you're listening to fairness radio's new program music friday 
Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA. Always on the go. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. And we're back. You're listening to Music Friday with Patrick O'Heffernan. And we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we have to track down our next guest, Jordan Lane. Jordy Lane, he's on the set of a uh, video. And uh, we're going to try to get him by, uh, by uh, cell phone. So don't go away. We will be right back. Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA. And you're listening to Music Friday. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan. We are back after that fabulous interview with uh, AD. And uh, pardon me for the the sound there. We uh, have our next guest. He's on a cell phone on a uh, movie set, so there may be a little background sound. But uh, just a second, let me uh, let me introduce him. Australian Geordie Lane was raised by a clown and a comedian and traveled in a community circus with his parents. But fortunately for us, he picked up a ukulele at the age of nine and a six-string electric guitar at the age of four and a six-string electric guitar at the age of nine and began singing and writing songs in his early 20s. The result of of this rigorous training has been a string of acclaimed albums and sold-out tours, and the reason is apparent. The second you hear him, he has a voice that cuts directly into your soul. It's carried by precise, perfectly modulated guitar and lyrics that paint pictures while they make you laugh and cry. Jordy's in Los Angeles right now, the other side of the world from his uh, native Australia. He's making a video and he's touring his latest release, Live at the Weedy is out and in a profound gesture of generosity. The entire album is available on a free download. Jordy, for our listeners who may not know your music, I um, first of all, let me let me welcome you. I can hear a little bit of background there, so I guess you're on the set of a video right now, aren't you? <laughs> 
Hey there, Patrick. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, there there you are. That's fine. Welcome to Music Friday. <laughs> oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm actually on the on the rooftop of the studios in downtown LA where we're shooting a music video today. So, uh I thought that was the quietest place, but uh if there's a lot of traffic noise, you just let me know and I can jump down in the stairwell. Actually, it it got uh, very quiet very quickly, so um, everything is working out very well. And once again, uh, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out. I know this was uh, uh, a tight squeeze for you. Um, Before we go any further, I I want to uh, give our listeners a taste of your music, and I want to be selfish and play a little bit of my favorite uh, from the the album uh, Live at the Weedy, and this is War Rages On. All right. All right. As soon as we can pull it up on the... uh, Here it is. images are, are those real did you know those people and see those things uh completely yeah uh i you know i spent a lot of time you know just in my hometown you know never really leaving the suburbs and my whole world into music was you know discovering the sounds of country music and stuff and always wanting to be somewhere else and i finally traveled through vietnam and cambodia uh just when i finished high school and uh it, you know, I started writing a diary and taking a, a visual diary with with a with a camera, and I took about five thousand photos in five weeks, and I used those photos specifically to uh, to write the song. Well, they it, they really it really shows, and I've, that's the first time I've ever heard that particular uh, process from a musician before. So no wonder you're you, you managed to tell such visual stories. Um, uh, yeah, it was weird though. Like someone asked me that the other day, and sorry to cut you off there, but I didn't realize I was doing that until you know a few months ago when I thought, why do I take thousands of photos every week? And I realized that I go back through those photos, and they sort of jog memories or little inspirations to uh, to write the lyrics. And as you said, yeah, the imagery it really helps for me to see actual visual um visuals you know from the photos 
well, it, it, it translates quite well into the music because we can see it too. Uh, it, it's like a movie for our ears. Let me play another one of uh, my favorites from this album and, and really shows what, what I mean about that movie for my ears. <laughs> Early in the morning You wrap your legs around Find you a warning You make it hard to leave town I went five blocks up to bed They gave me a hero on the street I believe it's funny where your feet fall It's funny who you meet It's funny where your feet fall It's funny who you You really dig the emotion up on that one. Uh, it's just remarkable how you can reach down inside us and and make us feel mm-hmm. that. In uh, some of your work, you remind me of Dylan, but that and other other songs of yours go much deeper, more soulful than than Dylan. Was Dylan an influence of yours? He, he was. Yeah, he he was the first person that I ever listened to where my brain and heart i guess actually separated the music from the lyrics i i i listened to like a lot of uh hip hop and uh hard rock music in my you know well, from the age of 10 to 13 and it, it wasn't until i was about 14 or 15 that i that i heard dylan and all of a sudden i i stopped you know, I finally actually started listening to someone's lyrics and uh, he was a massive influence on me, you know, from my, you know, from about the age of 15 to 18. Interesting. Uh, Daniel Levine, a a professor of um, psychology at uh, Stanford who's Mm. written uh, uh, the book, uh, This Is Your Brain on Music, points out that the music we resonate with through our lives is the music that we resonate with generally from about the age of 10 to 16 or 17. So obviously Dylan got into those grooves in your brain at just the right time, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Were... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, yeah, he definitely, and I'm, I'm glad he, he did get in there. Uh, you, you were saying you, you wrote that song at 5 in the morning in Los Angeles? Yeah, I it was a weird experience. I I first came to America uh just on a holiday and then I uh, broke up with my girlfriend in uh New Orleans and it was a crazy kind of movie scene like literally a big black cloud came over and the guy came over saying he's closing the park and it was just one of those movie scenes and we both left each other in New Orleans and and then I wound up in New York. And when I got back to Los Angeles, these people rented me this basement for five dollars a night, and and so I recorded down there on a, a four-track cassette machine. And um, at, at the beginning of that song on the actual album version, uh, yeah, there's the sound of one lonesome train whistle, which there's I think there's maybe one or two 
metro train lines here in LA or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so it was the first time I ever heard a train in Los Angeles. So it kind of creeped me out. Um, uh, but, it, but it really is that, you know, that kind of time of the morning song. Uh, that's that's what it was about. And, and that was the time I recorded it. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a good a good experience. Well, speaking of trains, uh, I know that you sang in the, um, the 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 tram in Melbourne. Do you plan to do any singing in the uh, the metro in Los Angeles? Uh, you know what? I still haven't been on the metro train in LA, and I, I really should, uh, especially because I don't own a car. I've I've been getting rides around town with my girlfriend and friends for like nearly a year now. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I need to experience Metro, but uh, we are actually going to be doing uh, something interesting in New York uh, the day before we play there. We're going to ride every single subway line. Uh, uh, so theoretically, we're playing to five, the five million people that ride the subway each day. So that's a pretty good first show in New York, five million people. <laughs> I, I'd say that's not not bad. That's uh, that, that's kind of uh, the kind of audiences that we hope you always have. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I may have done the math wrong on that, uh, but yeah, close to five it, it, million. It, it doesn't matter, you know. Anything over a million, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Um, I yeah. want to. We're, we're we're playing songs from uh, your album Live at the Weedy, and you're actually making this uh, this album available for free. Uh, well, why did you decide to give it away? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think I'm, I mustn't have read the email from my manager. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, we, we, you know, like it's, you know, I'm just kind of, I've just shown up in North America, and uh, we just did a big tour of Canada as well, and we just thought it'd be a nice thing to do um, to give people a little bit of that experience of of what I do live because. I do, you know, 200 to 250 shows a year, so that's my thing. And and you know, we thought it'd be nice to give people that experience before they come and see a show. And we thought, what the hell, you know, there's so much illegal downloading going on anyway. You know, uh, how about I, you know, give it to you for free without having to find it like that. Well, I we we appreciate the generosity and uh real, real quick uh tell everybody where they can go to download it. Yeah, uh so live at the weedy is downloadable from geordielane.com and people always ask in America how I say that or spell it. So it's J O R D I E L A N E. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you if you click that it goes straight straight uh, to the download and people can find out any other crazy information about me or about the tour we're doing. So, Well, well, spe- well speaking of that, we've got a lot of email here for you. And uh, uh, Larry in San Francisco wants to know, are you in the United States? Uh, uh, they're, they're, they're coming to get you. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, I don't know. Let, let, let's hope oh, they don't the drag pirate. you away. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Larry in San Francisco wants to know, are you permanently here in the United States? I, I am, yes. I uh, moved just a couple of months ago, and of course I'm going back to my... Sorry, there is... I think there must be a fire. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, sirens are going crazy, but uh, I I go to and fro like touring around Australia, New Zealand, and Canada a lot. So um, we're sharing the load between that and soon to go to Europe too. But but I am officially based uh, in California now. Good. We're we're glad to have you. Yeah. Which brings me to uh, but, but another. You tell Larry. Tell tell Larry that no excuse to say I'll come and see him next time if he lives here now. You better <laughs> come this time. You better come this time. Well, that 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 brings <laughs> up the next question, uh, and which I've got from a lot of people here. Uh, Roger Reddy in Los Angeles wants to know, uh, along with a lot of other people, where can they see you live? Okay. Well, uh, in Los Angeles. I've got a show coming up at the Hotel Cafe in Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, and that's on that's on the 16th of October. So that's actually the very last show of this North American tour. So um, uh, yeah, people can uh, okay. see all those show dates uh, at my website as well. Okay, that's 10:16 October 16th, the Hotel Cafe, and. For those of you in Los Angeles, the Hotel Cafe is in Hollywood, uh, and it's a great venue. It's one of the 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 the, the premier listening venues in uh, in Los Angeles. Been there many times. And uh, let's see, we have uh, an email here from Max to Max in Los Angeles, also. And Max to Max wants to say, wants to know your guitar chops are really tops. He likes poetry. Uh, did you have training? Okay. Um... I, I did actually have uh, some various training. My, uh, I had a few different guitar teachers. The local guitar store taught me, you know, uh, how to play Johnny Be Good. That was that was That's the first practice. thing I learned. But literally within half an hour, the guitar teacher, his girlfriend showed up, and he's like, "Sorry, man, got to go." Chicks, <laughs> you know, one day, one day you'll be doing the same thing, and. So that was the end of those guitar lessons after one guitar lesson. But I, I think I must have had a bit of a natural knack from playing the ukulele from such a young age. Um, and and then I had some jazz lessons from this old jazz virtuoso and uh, studied jazz guitar in school. And but as far as the finger picking stuff goes, that just came from from seeing uh, a bunch of bunch of American guys coming out to Australia and playing, like uh, songwriter Kevin Welsh, um, another young guy, Justin Townsville, um, all, all doing that kind of Mance, uh, Lipscomb, uh, thumb-picking blues. So, um, yeah, and it's sort of, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm going even further here, but uh, it, it, <laughs> it really That's comes okay. from Keep the going. fact that I was, I was playing so many solo shows that, I wanted, I wanted to kind of hear a bit of the bass and the drums, and so you know I started doing the uh, bass line and then trying to get a melody on top with a bit of percussive rhythm in my right hand. So it kind of just came out of necessity because uh, I didn't I didn't want to play shows with anyone else because I'd had a, a teenage band breakup that kind of scarred me. <laughs> well, it certainly works. Let's let's uh, let's listen to how well it works. Let's play a little bit of Black Diamond here. Sure.
black diamond from Bullock. I feel dirty, I'm in the dark. Money's on the table before we start. I think that gives us a really good uh, sample of of your uh, your guitar chops. So uh, congratulations! Oh, I you, could, you, thanks. You, you, I could, you've I managed to pull it off I nicely. Could, <laughs> if, I could come, if I could come around to your place and play another couple of things, I'd, I'd feel better about it. Oh. <laughs> well, we're, I, I'll I'll catch you at the hotel cafe, and we'll we'll hear it. Uh, I'll I'll hear it there. Um, I wanted awesome. to, to move. I want to move on to a little bit of your songwriting, and I know that that at one point, in fact, you mentioned it. Your uh, a previous trip to uh, the United States did not go well, and and that you ended up in um, Joshua Tree writing songs, and you were staying in in the hotel room that Graham Parsons died in. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, and and it wasn't by accident. I mean, uh, I. I left Australia going, okay, I want to go to America. I want to go and see these places where some of my favorite songwriters and singers, you know, either lived or died. And, and you know, one of my big fascinations was Graham Parsons. Uh, and, you know, so before I left Australia, the only thing I had on my itinerary was a night at the Joshua Tree Inn in Room 8. And, you know, I'd seen his documentary and I'd seen people posting videos saying you could stay there and even though it was kind of a strange idea to go stay in a room that somebody died in uh that was the day after I first landed in America and and it was the most amazing strange experience you know like I've never had any kind of ghostly or spiritual experiences and it's not really my thing but I felt like a a crazy kind of warmth in the room and as sort of like a welcoming thing like like those auntie and uncles that you really love you know you've probably got all those other family members that you can't stand but there's that one auntie and uncle that you love staying and they cook you a good meal and that is the kind of feeling that it felt like staying in the room and and it, it opened me up so much and I hadn't been writing songs for nearly a year that I'd bought this guitar and I'd uh, I bought the guitar literally to set lighter fluid on it and light it on fire as a as a kind of a tribute to Graham out in the desert. And but what, as soon as I got into the room, I'm like, man, I got I got to play music. I got to play the guitar. And um and so I I wrote three or four songs that afternoon before that evening going out to the desert and and lighting the guitar on fire and. That was a bit of a silly idea because then the next day I, I couldn't really write any more songs with the guitar. You didn't have the guitar any longer. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Too bad you, you but, didn't take a video of you doing that. I I did. You can. Oh, find, you did. You can. Uh, you can find the video. I think it's called. You know, Geordie Lane, Room Eight, the Joshua Tree, or something. If you look up Geordie okay. Lane, Room Eight. 
you'll find the whole thing of me going to the room and it, it was crazy. There was a guy making a documentary about dodgeball, about an Australian dodgeball team who made it through a loophole to the American Championships. And he <laughs> he was staying in the same house as me and he's like, man, I've always wanted to go to Joshua Tree. Can I come? And so he, it was weird that, you know, it's kind of my dream come true because I love taking photos and archiving everything that somebody filmed that experience for me. Um, yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to, uh, to, to, to check that one out. Uh, cause, uh, that's, that's a remarkable story, and, and it, it gives a lot of insight. It, really, into why it kind some, of really changed my life. It really changed yeah. my life. Um, uh, and it's kind of taken me on a different path, exploring different things. And, uh, you know, because of that video, we got randomly asked to do a theatrical production based on Graham Parsons that was and, and you by play Canadian. Parsons? Yeah, right. and yeah. so uh, people know me. People know me with a hat and a beard. So we had to do a lot of uh, a lot of <laughs> grooming work to look like Graham. But uh, just it's it's just uh, you know, uh, sorry, um, pardon the pun, but you know, it's funny. You know, funny where your feet fall uh, from that song you played. But it's just funny where life takes you. Um, it, it certainly is. And, and unfortunately, yeah. Jordy, life is about to take us off the air. We are out of time, <laughs> right? And hey, I know you know you what? Can I apologize straight away for talking so much? Oh, no, uh, that's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> that's fine. I I love it. Um, but we, we are out of time, and I want to thank you so much for taking a break from shooting this video. And you can go back downstairs now and get in front of the camera. And I want to remind everybody that they can get a free download of Live at the Weedy at Jordy's website, jordylane.com. And thank you once again for being with us. No worries. And can I mention the tour kicks off at Freight and Salvage? Next Wednesday, the 25th. Freight and Salvage in Berkeley next Wednesday. That's where the tour kicks off. And don't forget, you can come back here. You're coming back to Los Angeles to the Hotel Cafe on the 16th of October. Thank, thanks so much for being with us, Jordy. You've been listening Thank you, to. Patrick. You've been listening to Music Friday, uh, brought to you by Solar City. And don't forget, if you call 909-618-6937, you can find out how you solarized and we will all see you next week next week we got a great pair of musicians lined up for you right now we are going to listen to a little bit more Jordy this is the winner Oh. Uh-huh.